Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. Hey! This week, emergency podcast. <laughs> we, uh, we happen to realize, hey, it's Friday the 13th. And literally the last possible second, we're like, uh, maybe we should do a podcast on this. Yeah, I had, to, I had to do the pay-per-view at three ninety nine, bastards. See, I own the first nine oh my God. Friday the 13th movies on uh, DVD and on digital copy as well. Not, the, not the giant laser disc that were all so popular in the 90s. You don't have that format? The, the uh, record player size discs? Yeah, I do not yeah. have that. Not Luckily, on, not on uh, Betamax or VHS. Not <laughs> exactly. Only on Betamax. <laughs> Only the, the superior copy. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, um, Kim, my son wanted to know why we're watching the first one because clearly that's not the best one. Ooh, this is a controversial take. I had I, have to say, go for it. I, I didn't bother to ask which one was the best because I didn't believe him. <laughs> um it, it's definitely um it's funny you can always tell a true friday the 13th fan if they don't know who the real killer is in the first friday the 13th yes it's how, it's how i judge people yes many many of uh my students were coming in and jason Voorhees, jason Voorhees. they don't even know they know they, friday friday the 13th number 72 that's what they know whatever <laughs> the last one is the one they know exactly exactly well what's funny is this movie was basically a cash grab they were like okay what were popular movies last year well halloween was very popular yeah and Meatballs was very popular. Why don't we put them together and make a new movie? Stealing love, aspects. Oh, my God. I loved Meatballs. A <laughs> Bill Murray classic. Yep. I became a camp counselor just because Meatballs. And I remember sitting around with a bunch of kids from, from another camp who were also counselors in training. And we were all like, this isn't like Meatballs at all. This is no. not what we expected. <laughs> it is not as fun. No one is singing songs, and there's no right. lot, there's like almost no men. It's all girls. There wasn't one forty-year-old camp counselor hanging out with all the teenagers. I <laughs> uh, uh, love Bill Murray. <laughs> He's single, right? <laughs> I think he is actually shocking. <laughs> yeah, shocking. Yeah. He's not a curmudgeon. Did I tell you I watched this whole documentary about the mystery of Bill Murray about how he just pops into people's lives? He'll like show up at a party at your house. He'll meet you in a bar and follow you home. I've heard that. I yeah, heard yeah, that he pops a, into weddings and things. Exactly, you know, becomes part of it. He came over to some uh, bunch of college kids' apartment, cleaned their kitchen, and proceeded to bartend for the party. The police came to bust up the party, and he went over and talked to them. <laughs> He's the best. He's the best. He's the best. He definitely. It's funny. Um, he is arguably my favorite SNL alumni. Of course. I, I, I mean, he, he he's right there. I mean, he single-handedly saved a bunch of sink, stinkers in the 80s and 90s, frankly. It's like he came in and just 
he's the best. I, I don't know what else I can say. He's the that, best. That's all there is. Sadly, he's not in this movie, though. <laughs> Maybe if he, if he was, we'd be all a little the, bit more excited. Now, uh, people who've seen this movie know Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. He is in this movie. And this is actually, um, this is after Animal House. He was in yeah. Animal so, House so like three years earlier. So at this point, it's 1980. Kevin yep. Bacon is clearly 35 at this point. Yes. This is when I came to the realization that Kevin Bacon is, in fact, the Anne Rice character Lestat because he is clearly as old as our parents. He has sold his soul yep. uh, for Hollywood fame. Uh, I, I, that's all I can say because he's literally been in movies since the 1940s. And I expect him to continue <laughs> making movies well after I'm in the cold, cold ground. Now, what they determined is that he actually bathes in the blood of virgins. There you to, go. Uh, to maintain his uh, youth and vigor. Evidently. Well, that's why we have these ice roundups, because he actually uh, bathes in the tears of immigrant children. <laughs> clearly. Clearly. <laughs> um, and, and, and just on another topic. Yes. Uh, as far as actors who were clearly also Anne Rice characters. Yes. But as I was drinking my coffee this morning, I was watching some show with Jimmy Smits, who apparently <laughs> looks the same as he did in L.A. Law. Oh yeah, when he and, was Victor Sefuentes yes. back in L.A. Law. Yes. And then he was in Sons of Anarchy, and now this is Jane Austen book club, and he looks exactly the same. So Jimmy Schmitz, Kevin Bacon, <laughs> you never see them at the same time. Maybe. maybe one person, two faces. I don't know. Okay, first of all, not Jimmy Schmitz. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> anyway, why don't we why don't just we remove just... that H? <laughs> Jimmy Schmitz, <laughs> the fine German actor. Um, and did you realize that there's another famous actor in this movie? Uh, Bing Crosby's son. Is one oh, of the camp counselors. Lord, which one was Bing Crosby's son? Bill. Bill which one the, was Bill. Exactly. Bill was was the last guy to survive. Oh, okay. if that does it for was you. Was that he, the guy who they were playing strip monopoly with? Yes. Okay. That's the he's the guy who killed the uh, snake with the machete. Young Bill's son. All <laughs> Bing, right. Bing's son. Anyway, you get the idea. I get one the thing, idea. <laughs> One thing that I thought was funny, so it, it flashes up there. It's like 1958, right? Camp, Crystal Lake. And you can hear them. I was like, is this a Christian camp? Because they're kind of, they're, you know, all the counselors are sitting together. Row the boat ashore. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's what I said. When I was at camp, we, it wasn't all Jesus songs. Well, and that's the thing. I was like, okay, so this is some kind of, you know, this is a camp event. You know, campers are there. No, no, no. All the campers are asleep. This is just how the counselors get down. What? Did you notice that? Yes. It's just the counselors rocking and rolling with their guitar by the fireplace singing about Hallelujah. I thought that. Let me clarify. Please. Because the campers had not arrived yet. No. There's a scene where they they show, like, uh, campers literally asleep in their bunks. What? Yes. I mean... I, no, no, no! You, clearly, you're mistaken. I, I wish thought I it was. was. Some of the counselors were asleep. They'd gone to bed early. You never see kids. 
Oh, I guess I guess that's possible. They they just seem very young. I they was seem like, young. is this some kind of a Montessori camp where the kids just kind of raise themselves? They they go, raise. They, they go eat when they're hungry. They figure out what they want to learn. They learn swimming by not drowning. I mean, well, well not, clearly not that's their the method. Time. Yeah, <laughs> clearly that's the plan. Yeah. Throw them in, especially well because there was one camper. There was Jason was a camper. Yeah, but right? that was. 35 years before. No, no, no. That was in 1958. Or 1957. Yes, and this film is 1980. That's a 30-year difference. No, but we're still talking about in 1958, at the very beginning of the the movie. Oh, I thought you were talking about the present day. No, 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 no. So they're they're singing Hallelujah, and then the two go off together um, and, and I guess find some tool shed, some filthy some filthy tool shed, uh, throw a blanket down and get down to business when they are rudely interrupted by oh. a faceless killer. Honestly, I thought that. No, that was present day, I thought. That, no, that's 1958. Oh, Lord. The, because the, they were asking about him. The other people were like, well, where's where's Jimmy and Sally? No. Did you even oh. watch this movie? <laughs> Did you? Yes, I <laughs> <laughs> There's an open the the pre-credit sequence takes place in 1958. Oh, where it's the two. I'm already confused. Yes, yes, clearly. Well, let, let me give my my quick uh, two minute version of this whole movie because because the, the the devil's in the details. The the whole clearly. plot line doesn't really matter. No, but there, there's in, interesting things. Aaron, why don't you give me the the lowdown? What's the story about? All right, so. We have Camp, Camp Crystal Lake. Yep. Uh, we understand from the local townspeople there's been a series of unfortunate tragedies, a lot of deaths every time they try to open it. It's been a while. Uh, people start disappearing. People... What's going on? Everyone, where's so and so? Everybody's dead. Um, <laughs> then a woman shows up in a jeep. Oh, I'm so happy to see you. I'm a friend of the owner, says the lady. And right. uh, she gives her the rundown about how years and years ago her son was drowned. And now we realize that this is the killer, a 54 right. year old woman. Uh, who's crazy because she talks to herself as her dead son and as herself. Kill her, mommy. Kill her. Well, anyway, as you suspect, she's killed a bunch of 20-year-olds, so she's not she used to. So she gets herself killed. the, The crazy girl, the virgin, of course, uh, gets into the canoe and sails to the middle of the pond, which sounds absolutely terrifying. Black water. No, that is not where I'm going to go to be safe. Right. And there's a, like a beautiful scene with crystal clear water, and she's asleep in the, the canoe, uh, just as the sheriffs pull up uh, to save the day. A barbecued kid jumps out of the lake, grabs her, and pulls her underwater. Bango, she wakes up in the hospital. She survived. 
She asked, but what about the boy? Did you save the boy that attacked me? There is no boy. So she turns and looks at the camera. Then he must still be there. <laughs> Bang, the end. That's all you need to know. Friday yeah. the 13th. Basically. So I, I have to say, this is arguably the worst period of fashion ever because it's that still it's i guess it's technically still, it's the 80s but it's, it's actually yeah. more 70s and... yeah it takes a couple of years for the the, the decades fashion to truly switch over suspenders right. are still a thing <laughs> it looked like he, that one did like a fake david naughton when he was yep. uh doing Ned. the dr pepper ads yeah <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it still has, you still have the feathered hair, you still have kind of like this, this kind of, uh, I don't even know how to, Holly Hobby blouses for the girls. Yep. Well, the guys I found, Go ahead. I found it fascinating that the guys for bathing suits, it was either Speedos or jean cutoffs. Those were the only choices they had back in 1979, evidently. It was very and- upsetting. And they were clearly brand new cutoffs because they practically had a crease. So usually, you know, the the development of the cutoff, from what I remember, since I am a bit older than you. Just a bit. It is you've worn out the knees of your pants. So let's give it more life. We're going to make them shorts. Right. That's why we. Yeah. You don't buy new jeans and cut them off. And you just didn't buy cut-off jeans like you do now, fakos. Now, I mean, back in the day, ripped out knees, you had to earn that biz. Anything else was cheating. Now you pay top dollar for just poorly made clothing. Yes, top dollar, easily. There you um, go. I found it hilarious. So all of these these kids... These counselors are coming into this Camp Crystal Lake to, to basically not just work there, I discovered to my horror, but effectively to build it. They're like, uh, tell Bill he needs to repaint uh, the South 40 and uh, uh, Alice, you need to nail the shingles on the... It's like, really? Do they, they realize they were in the construction business when they signed up to, uh, you know, uh, teach uh, not tying to a bunch of inner city youths? Yeah, and we don't see any curriculum or anything. I mean, I assume camp counselor entails minimum wage uh, and free room and board. I think that's how it works. Well, the the best thing was that um, Steve, who runs the camp, when everybody arrives, he promptly bails. He's like, yeah, finish uh, building everything. I'm going to go to the, I guess, to the movies, maybe. I don't know. I'll be back in literally 12 hours. Oh, yeah. He looks, like a, he looks like a porn star. Nothing worse than a blonde with a mustache. Yeah, he's, got, he's shirtless. He's got a crazy 70s mustache. He's got he's the cut the off move. jeans. Cut off jeans. And he's making the move on Alice. He's like, hey, why don't you stick around? Give me yeah. one more chance, hot pants. Yeah. He's you got upsetting. daddy issues? Here I am because I'm clearly 10 years older than you. Right. <laughs> it, was, it was very upsetting. Okay. Very upsetting. Dear Lord. So I have to ask this question. So Annie, who is ostensibly going to be the uh, the camp cook, is hitchhiking to the camp? It's like she shows up 30 miles away. Hey, does anybody know the way to Camp Crystal Lake? Does anyone know the way to San Jose? Uh, It was a different time. It was a different time. I mean, not that I was hitchhiking then, but I could have. 
if I wasn't so young. They sang uh, songs about hitching a ride. Ride, 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 hitching a ride. Yeah, with the Manson family. That's like a 60s song. This is uh, 1980. Same difference. Uh, yeah, apparently they don't have buses there, and they don't give you any money to actually arrive at your job. No. And, so- and, and, and her death. <laughs> was very confusing to me because I thought we were following some virginal code. All she's pip piping around on this long drive with the faceless person who's driving yep. uh, the Jeep is she's waited her whole life for her dream to work with children. Are you kidding me? We're any job working with children. Nobody wants. And, <laughs> and it's always in high demand. I mean, yeah. they can't find enough daycare people. It's like I've had to hitchhike uh, across the world right. just so I can take care of, of a bunch of damn kids for minimum wage. You could have done that in your own backyard. And look right. what it got you. Slinging. Right. Uh, right. If everything works out, she's slinging hash for a bunch of inner city youths at this uh, remote camp. But, yeah, you because know, when you're 18, the, what you know, know is how to serve food and prepare food, order food right. for 50 kids. Right. You don't want anybody with experience or anything. No. Well, who knows? Maybe she went to the culinary school of, I don't know, the world. Who knows? She's very... Yeah. That's where she went. <laughs> that's where she clearly that's where she went. One thing we were skipping over is the, the character of Crazy Ralph, who uh, oh, sees yeah. the girl walking through town with her backpack and immediately jumps on her and is like, hey, you must be going to Camp Blood. It's like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, this it's is 30 a miles skill. away. Yeah, this is a life skill. If someone says, are you going to Camp Blood? Are you going to Butcher Lake? Or if you're going to imminent death curve, yeah. you might want to rethink your plans. Check TripAdvisor. See what it has to say. Right. So, but that that real really uh, starts that trope of the the doomsayer, basically the crazy old coot who it's shows Cassandra, up. It's Cassandra who knows the future, but is destined to not be believed. That's correct from Greek mythology. Thank yeah. you. we're getting deep. We're getting doubling down. This is how we do it. So, okay. And you say, so Annie actually never makes it to camp. She's the first one who bites the dust. She's killed by a faceless uh, killer who uh, picks her up in a Jeep. And they're, they're chit-chatting and everything seems cool. Except the Jeep passes by the, the turn to get to Camp Crystal Lake. And poor Annie has to literally throw herself from the moving Jeep. That's a good, that is the correct choice. Yes. If, if you, one, don't hitchhike. But if you do yes. hitchhike and Eileen Warnos picks you up, be prepared to jump the hell out. Don't wait for them to drive another 30 miles to to butcher quarter. Jump out. <laughs> Bet, better your death be in your control than in yep. someone else's control. And she's pursued through the forest by this faceless killer. And what we discover in retrospect, if now that we know that the killer is a 70 year old woman, <laughs> you have to question the, the, the way that she's dispatching with all these virile youths one after another. Right. Exactly. It's like, if there's a 70 year old woman who's like, I'm not turning the car around. I, I think I'm, I don't know what I do. I think jumping out of the car is not the first thing. Right. <laughs> I might, I'm a your 
put on the brake to pull Do the some, keys, something. Something. But there's a, that's a reoccurring theme. It's like, moment you know who the killer is, there's a lot of questions about how she's able to kill everybody. But that's, that's a question for and another day. And hoist them up into places. But let's go back yep. to her death. Because go I thought it. the rule, this new 80s rules of monsters was it was uh, only the, the, the people that are having sex. But this girl really did nothing other than show up to camp. She, all she talked about is her love of children. Right. That, well, that is a sin. That is yeah. a sin. It was, it was in the, the, the Envy. Wasn't that in the movie was, 7? Yeah, it was. What's in the box? What's in, what's the, in box? the box? Well, what they said is they talked about that people thought they were trying to make a message of, like, don't promiscuous youths. Or, well, also, obviously, don't go to camp. But about <laughs> uh, kids uh, having sex and using drugs. But they said they weren't trying to make any of those statements because even Alice, as we know, is smoking grass and playing strip monopoly. So and we know that she had been in a relationship with crispy old Steve and there was questions about what was going on with her with and Bill. So she was not some virginal character right. either. But she had the Victorian collar. It was like she's yes. virgin-esque. I don't know. It was close enough for government service, I think is what they determined. Exactly, because at the moment she started to unbutton it, then things went wrong. So she kept, she kept her Madonna. Her Madonna-esque character. <laughs> That's what it is. Because exactly. what happened is the, the chick in the string bikini and, and the bralette got a chop-chop immediately. Oh, Absolutely. Well, that is kind of funny. It's like uh, Brenda, the one who suggested smoking the weed and playing uh, Strip Monopoly. Well, is and down let's to discuss her the Strip shivvies. Monopoly. Yes. First of all, it's only three people. It's yes. you, your best friend, and some rando. Yeah. Who, I, I mean, it, what? and you're in a relationship. One of the girls, isn't she in a relationship with him or not? It's, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard it, to say. But yes. – I mean, I went to college. These kind of things are brought up. It's usually a large crowd of people. It's not like you and a, your best friend, because the point is you want to see something. This is why right. you it, you do these games. So it just seemed very strange that it's you, your friend, and a rando dude. I don't know. Well, you do what you can do, I guess. You work with what you got. Love the one I, you're with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, Lord. So we meet all the wacky cast of characters. One scene that seemed totally bizarre and out of place was when the the motorcycle cop shows up. Oh my god! I had a Google of him. I thought it was the dude from uh, from Blade Runner and from uh, Newhart, but it's not. It's just some dude who always plays a cop. Yeah, it's just it. It's like <laughs> Officer Dorf or something. Officer Dorf shows up and busts their chops. Uh, what you smoking, boy? <laughs> Can of coat cheese, um, <laughs> which and what's funny is the the writer of the script was like, I have no idea where that scene that scene came from. It's totally bizarre because it's kind of a comic relief scene in the middle of the movie. That's right. It's Kevin Bacon's chance to shine. <laughs> it's one of many, for goodness' sake. Because um, it's it's like. Ideally, it should be they're thirty miles from civilization. There's no one to help you, but. 
throughout the movie, the cops are just driving. I just happened to be driving by. I thought I'd drop in and say hello. You know what I mean? It's just On like, his what? police motorcycle where they've clearly gotten stickers from a hardware store like that you put on your trash can to put your address. So it says police with like stick these big rectangular stickers. Well, he couldn't oh, even one really. Of those big, uh, like those big uh, golden wing motorcycles. Right. Which he could barely drive. When he, when he peels out at the end, it's like he's about to hit a tree. It was very upsetting. <laughs> that was the first real death, I think, in the, in the movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, Kevin Bacon playing Jack. And evidently, he's played like seven Jacks over the course of his career. But he plays Jack, and he's hooking up with, uh, oh, shoot, Marcy. I'm trying to struggle to remember all these horrible names who are basically nymphomaniacs. If they're around each other, they cannot keep their GD hands off one another. And at one point, just they're like, yeah, we're hanging out. We're building the camp. Okay, we got to go off and, and, and it's do the It's like one of these free love cults where it's like, it's like Logan's Run where it's impolite uh, if I want to have sex with you not to have sex. So it's like, it's, okay. It's okay. basically Woodstock is, is what's happening. And I, I saw mean, no protection, so... Oh, please. Everybody would have been pregnant within a week. And I have to say, okay, so Ned, their buddy, their wacky buddy, uh, sees somebody in one of the cabins, and he goes in to investigate, and then he just disappears. Jack and Marcy go into that same cabin to get down to business, and they cut to, so they're on the bottom bunk handling their business, and then the camera pans up, and there's the uh, corpse of Ned with his throat cut, literally on the top bunk. It makes no sense. So we know Kevin Bacon is short, but is he so short that he can't see the top of one of those crappy camp bunks, which is probably five feet tall? No. As you walk to it, you can't see that there's a body up there? Right. They would have they would have both seen it. They, maybe they did see it. We're just like, you know what? Beggars this can't is be hot. choosers. This is we, hot. Let's not use any of these other beds in here. Yeah. There's there's somebody sleeping. Let's let's go right under there. Let's just do it. Uh, Ned don't mind. He's a good guy. So he ain't he ain't one to judge. We're I good. Don't know, maybe Kevin Bacon's under four feet tall. I don't know. Hollywood people be. are very small. It's Munchkin land. It's it's the land of Oz. So <laughs> So, they, so there's the, their graphic uh, sex scene, and then uh, oh, and that, now this is an iconic death though that you're about to describe. Oh yes. So Marcy's like, I, I got to take a dump or something. I don't know. She said she's. <laughs> That's what she said. Post a point, post sex in the glow. She gets up and goes, "Dude, I got I got to take a a, a a stinky dump." Be right back. You really knocked something loose there, Tex. I gotta go uh, to the bathroom. I'll be back <laughs> in a few. So disgusting. So <laughs> he's sitting there, immediately lights up a joint, just chilling. It's reefer madness. Reefer madness, and then a hand jumps up from under the bed, and an arrow is pushed through the the mattress, through the his back, and all the way through his chest. Sticking straight out. Ugh. Right out of like your little trach spot. What's that part called? Where the trach- the, the <laughs> you do the tracheotomy? It was like a perfect. It literally would have had gone through the, the, the spine to come out yeah. so perfectly in the center of there. Right. Through the mattress, through the spine, through the entire body. 
And, and once again, chest. it's like a 70-year-old woman. She's like a spider. She's here every, everywhere. Yes. She's climbing the walls like the Babadook. She's holding him down, a virile 20-year-old Kevin Bacon, with one hand and while driving an arrow. An arrow, of all things. And arrows are through. quite long. So maybe this bed is raised up because she's going to have to be able to shove it up. And yeah. Arrows are long, so that means this bed is way up off the ground. And I imagine a real arrow would have, like, the wood of the shaft probably would have snapped if you try to drive it through something so uh, hard, multiple layers. But anywho. As, as oh, usual, we're adding way too much logic. This is, this is good stuff. This. Now, the, the special effects were done by horror master Tom Savini, who had previously worked on Dawn of the Dead. Oh, Tom Savini is in everything and everywhere. Uh, yep. Now he's in, in front of the camera as much as anything else with his, his, his dyed jet black, blue black hair. Yep. Wasn't he at he, that Fangoria that we went to, or did I just dream that? I think you might have dreamed that one. Just, Karen, <laughs> just Rob Zombie and Karen Black. That's all you need, frankly. Um, but what's really, what's Tom Savini, as you said, he's also acted in a few things. He was the crazy biker in From Dust Till Dawn called yeah. Sex Machine. Wasn't he in Machete, too? Yeah. I, it wouldn't shock me. He, I mean, he had, a, he had an acting role in Dawn of the Dead, too, as, of course, another crazy biker. Evidently, he's just, he's always a biker because he's got a crazy mustache, and it's very upsetting. All you have to do is go to, like, Party City or the, the Spirit Halloween store, and there'll be all yep. this Tom Salvini makeup stuff. He's great. He's great. He, he's 103. At least. For openers. But, um, he's, but he's not hiding it like Kevin Bacon. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the arrow comes through and the blood comes out. And it literally squirts out. And I guess that was because uh, it was the, the effect wasn't working as well as it was supposed to. So Savini literally had to take a tube and blow on it to clear the blockage, which caused the blood to just squirt out like it was arterial <laughs> explosion. <laughs> Hitting, uh, hitting Kevin Bacon in the mouth, and it was very upsetting. So, I so will he... tell you, I saw this movie like last year around Halloween at yep. our Fox Theater, and it was a sold-out crowd, and people were just laughing. It was like Rocky Horror Picture Show. It was so fantastic. Oh, it's, it's much dynamite. better than watching it at home. In the dark by yourself. <laughs> exactly. Yes. You, you need, is... in cheesy movies, you need, you need people be Bob and scatting. You do. You do. Clearly. Clearly. So, okay. As of right now, we've lost the kindly cook, Annie. We've lost the wacky guy, uh, Ned. Poor sex symbol, uh, Jack, bit the dust. Marcy is still in the bathroom half an hour later. And uh, <laughs> it happens. I get it. And the killer is now chasing her, okay? But she, she's like, okay, I'm going to wash my hands for half an hour. And while I'm, I'm, I'm going to my... unplug the sink. Yeah. I'm going to wash my hands. You need to be yeah. watching something else. But anyway, maybe that's why, <laughs> so she, got the, that's why she got the chop chop. <laughs> she was a dirty girl. Well, I mean, it's like she's preparing for surgery. It's how long she was uh, washing her hands. to the elbow. Yeah. <laughs> As she was doing her perfectly timely Catherine Hepburn impressions. <laughs> So that was good. Earlier, Ned was doing a Humphrey Bogart impression. So oh, these were all the, these guys who are up uh, up to the date on all the good uh, current modern actors. Um, so she figures somebody's played a trick on her. So she's looking in the in the showers or the bathrooms. Turns around, takes a hatchet to the forehead. Boom! 
So that's the end of poor Marcy. And I and was her- looking at that. I'm not sure that would have killed you. I mean, it's, uh, barely, it's barely, there are people who've had gunshot wounds to the head who live. She's got this axe. Maybe it's an inch in, and she just drops. Uh, I'm not going to test that theory. I figure you take a fire axe to the forehead, you're probably not in good shape. I don't know, man. There was that time Patrick threw a dart that stuck in your forehead. Yep, you didn't true. drop like a fly. You were walking around the house with a dart sticking out of your head. Yep. That changed my personality, though. <laughs> Very upsetting. I never, I was never the same. <laughs> never the same again. Um, okay, so while the while the 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 uh, booty town is going on, uh, the other kids, as we said, were playing strip monopoly, um, <laughs> and the wind blows through and, and ruins the game. So they go, oh, we'll just call it a night again. The owner proprietor has been gone for about six hours at this point, leaving a bunch of teenagers to handle the biz. Nobody knows the cook hasn't arrived. No one has eaten one thing all day. Yeah. I think they noticed they're like, well, I guess Annie's not here to cook dinner. I guess I'll have to do it. That's about the level of concern. Yeah. No they one don't else. Well, because they, they're all strangers, so they don't care. They, they clearly don't care at all. So Brenda's like, I'm going to go to bed. And she proceeds to get into this floor to neck like nightgown from little house in the prairie long that was sleeve. The style man that was the style back then it was the <laughs> it's like look when i'm in public i've got to be naked but when i'm alone in my bed it's literally <laughs> like i have to be like a little orphan child where, where <laughs> I, i'm being raised in in, in a nunnery because it's got to be <laughs> neck to floor long sleeve very nice. Whore by day, virgin by night. That's right. That, that's not a good combination. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is it? A lady in the, in the streets and a freak in the sheets? That, Something but like this that. is the opposite. Yeah, this yeah. This is the opposite of that. <laughs> anyway, so she's reading her novel by herself now. And she hears, help, help me. Somebody help me. So she, at first she's like, whatever, ignores it. But then she's driven to go out into the pouring rain to try to find out what's going on. Of course, she stumbles upon the archery range. Lights flip on. All right, stop right there. Please. Why do we have 10,000 lights? Because we, we need to do a lot of late-night archery. What was? Why does that exist? Look, late-night archery is the cornerstone of every summer camp I ever went to. It made Clearly. no damn sense. Yeah. Once the sun went down, it was uh, ghost stories and sing-alongs by the campfire that everybody go to bed early. It was a lot of Michael, row your boat ashore. I gotcha. No, it was, oh, they built the ship Titanic to sail the ocean blue, and they thought they had a ship that the waves would not go through, but the Lord's almighty hand said the ship See? would never sail. It was sad when the great ship went down. It's always Jesus. That, I guess they do. So. Now, now you think about it, we're making fun of the people who died on the Titanic, and we did slip a little Jesus in. It's just, you know, they try to trick you. That's how they do it. That is how they do it. From Camp Nawakwa. Let me just throw that out there. That's a real song. <laughs> of that, there could be no doubt. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> she smash cut, she's out. So now it's just Bill and Alice. And the power keeps shutting down. The generator keeps crapping out. And Bill- also, all these kids are mechanics, so they know how to restart the, all this shit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, they, so Bill and Alice are now like, let's get everybody together. We'll find out what's going on. And, of course, they can't find anybody. Yeah. All the bodies have been hauled away. Again, knowing this is a seven-year-old woman killing 
all of these 20-year-olds and then hauling their bodies somewhere. Exactly. So we have the double whammy. It would be hard enough just picking up and dragging adult men and women. Yep. Just dragging them is going to be exhausting. Yes. Now we're going to hang them from tree branches. And then yep. you add that the fact that you actually had to kill them all. And yep. God forbid one or two d- didn't just lay down like sheep. God forbid one of these guys might want to fight you. Well, as it turns out, they really don't. But uh, Clearly not. they just offer themselves up to the Camp Crystal like gods. But Well, they, they do... Uh... Most of these murders, sadly, take place off camera. There's only a few that you actually see. Um, but they, she does do a bait and switch. Like later in the movie, they cut to Steve having dinner at the diner. Uh, again, leaving the camp counselors to fed for themselves. He's like, they're he, not eating, but I'm going to a restaurant. I'm going to a restaurant. I got to handle my biz. So he goes, when he finally makes it back to camp, somebody shines a light in his face. Like there's somebody, it's like, oh, who's that? Who's shining a light? He walks up. Oh, it's you. What are you doing out? He gets stabbed. So I guess if she does kind of a subterfuge kind of thing, like you're laying in bed, post-coital, smoking a J, uh, then she can get you. Yeah. (laughs) Your mom wants it. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Because every time the killer shows up, it's more that they're embarrassed. Inverse, or they're like, oh, hi. It's all, clearly a non-threatening looking person. It, it's not a humpback with a hook <laughs> and maybe one eye. They're not. Okay. They're like, ah! No, they're like, oh, oh, sorry. Hey, like at the beginning, we want to do nothing. Let me, let me stop you right there. I think you mean a hunchback. A humpback is a whale. Okay, and I guess it's possible a humpback could have a hook. You know, things happen. But hunchback. They could have a hump on their back. Don't you ever see Doctor Pimple Popper? These people got these cysts on their backs. It's like those are called those are called hunchbacks. Hunchbacks. What's the definition of the word hunch? That just means you're crunched over. But I I say. If you got a big cyst on your back, like Dr. Pimple Popper, maybe that's a hump. I, I'm not even going to ask what the heck Dr. Pimple Popper is. I'm just going to move oh, on with my life. Don't watch her show on TV. You got to watch her YouTube channel, but you can just go right to her just popping blackheads or, or cysts the size of a watermelon on someone's back. It's that sounds lovely. It's very satisfied. I'm going to add that to my list of things I will never do. <laughs> so thank you very much. Um, Bill went off to check on the generator and disappeared. So Alice is all alone now. And this is that crucial moment where, um, she starts, like she notices she's alone and then bodies start getting thrown through the window. She runs for help. And then she meets the kindly old woman who suddenly shows up and is like, Oh, Hey, it's like one of those lousy Agatha Christie novels where it's just like, who's the killer? Who's the killer? Oh, it's this character I've never met before. That those are the ones I hate. Or I right. remember reading this one Agatha Christie where literally everybody's dead, and you're like, yes. "What? What the heck? Oh, somebody didn't actually die; they faked it." That was, and, and then they were not. Right? Yeah, and exactly. And then you're like, Urgh. "Right." It's like if it's impossible for me to figure out who the killer is, then it's not really a mystery novel. Yeah. At that point, um, evidently Betsy Palmer, who was a 
you know, I guess she was a quasi famous actor in the 50s. Uh, yeah, plays... I looked up her filmography. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, evidently, her biggest claim to fame is that she was in that movie, Mr. Roberts, with uh, um, Henry Fonda and Jack Lemmon. I know in, the like, name, 1958. But of course, I never saw that. No, and she hadn't been in any movies in 20 years. Um, so she basically said, shouldn't there be, shouldn't I be in some earlier scenes? Shouldn't I, maybe I should be in the diner at the beginning of the movie, or maybe I should be waving to try to give the audience a fighting chance to try to discern who the killer is. And the director's like, hmm, nah, no, that's cool. She is absolutely correct. She should have been in a background scene somewhere. She is absolutely correct. Throw me, it wouldn't, it would have taken no time and it wouldn't have been an issue. Instead, it's like, who's this random person pulling up? I guess the clue was she pulls up in a Jeep, which we know the killer who killed Annie was driving a Jeep. Yeah, but so was the owner of the camp. They're out in the woods. Everybody's got a a truck or a Jeep. Right. I love that, by the way. Steve Christie has to get a ride from the local sheriff um, because his Jeep gets stuck in the mud. Not, yeah. not a great Jeep, evidently. Yeah, he's, he's got good life skills. <laughs> good times. He's ready good for times. Logan's run. Well, I think it's like at one point you thought it was kind of a scream kind of thing. Like, let me give you some possibilities who the killer could be. Maybe it really is Steve. Oh, no, he's dead. Maybe it's crazy Ralph. Maybe it's Ned is pissed off that Brenda's not giving him the time of day. So he's going to go on a killing spree. But they, they did not do it very effectively. Again, like at the uh, hour and 20 minute mark, let's introduce a brand new character who's the killer. And she re- she says, look, uh, 25 years ago or whatever, my special needs son was basically tossed in the, the lake to drown. So now I'm on hey, a killer man. They never said they tossed him into the lake uh, so they could have sex. He just well, wandered in. But quite frankly, she worked there. Why is it their responsibility to watch her child when she was there? Well, was her child Jason, by the way? Yes. Was her child Jason, like, at the camp as, Not explained. as a camper? Not explained. Or was she just letting her – is she a free-range parent? I just let my, my special <laughs> – my, my child, who looks like the baby from It's Alive, has grown to uh, to uh, teenage years. Basically, a huge domed head, like an alien from the Outer Limits or something. I That's did, her child. I didn't even know, see that. I saw yes. that he looked like he'd been in a fire. He looked like a roast pig uh, that had been on the spit too long, which well, makes after... no sense because right. he drowned. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that was after. Is it a lake of fire? Is that that what he drowned in? And why did he drown in the middle of the lake? Did he drop from an airplane? Yeah. (laughs) Typically, kids who cannot swim, what they will do is go right to the middle of the lake before saying, help me, help (laughs) me. They paddled out to the middle of the lake and then just sank like a stone. Just exactly. I think it was supposed to be he'd been at the bottom of the lake for 20 years. So he's covered with moss and algae or something. I don't know. It looked like a a blackened salmon or something. It was very upsetting. So uh, thus begins the cow and mouse. The woman says, oh, I'm a friend of the Christie's. Everything's cool. I'll help you. But let me tell you a story about my my Listen to a story about a man named named Jason. <laughs> about my crazed mutant child who drowned here 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I'm murdering everybody. Um, so there's so she's chasing her around, and it's a lot of 
it's, it's a lot of, of bullcrap because now you see this woman has no skills. How no. did she kill 25 people where right. this one girl like throws a rock at her and she falls down and cries practically? How oh, did yeah. she kill all these people? Not one person like tried to kick her? Everybody just lays down and so they could she could stab them or machete them or whatever. Right. Oh, sadly, only poor little Alice with her Davy Jones hairstyle can fend off poor uh, what's her name, Mrs. Voorhees. Yeah, a sleepy Jean. Yeah, <laughs> she whacks her in the head with the frying pan at one point. She's like hitting her with the the canoe oar, and of course. Eventually, it was so bizarre. Hits her now with a frying pan, knocks her out, and then she goes outside and sits by the lake. Oh, I'm just going to sit here by the water for a few minutes. We don't know why. If we've learned anything from your next, is you got to keep pounding until there ain't nothing left. Otherwise, you're going to keep getting up. Yeah. Clearly. So, Ms. Voorhees shows up again with her machete. She tries to get her. She... And why are there so many machetes? And why are there so many guns? They go into that one room, and it's wall-to-wall guns. Maybe on yeah. the East Coast, they do shooting sports at summer camp. I don't know. Maybe. But there's a whole room that's like not even locked with just rows and rows of rifles. Right. Well, you know what they say. A good guy with a gun beats a crazy old woman with a machete every day of the week. I guess. Apparently not. Not in this scenario. No, it's... <laughs> machete work bill when the the snake slithers into uh alice's room help somebody help me they cut to bill literally with the machete like in a field or something like he's in cartagena chopping away through a field it's very upsetting he shows up with the the machete to establish yes you need a machete at a uh, camp in new jersey in new jersey so alice gets the machete chop chop there goes mrs Voorhees' head and then we talked about it earlier, how she immediately jumps into a canoe in the middle of the night. Oh, you're jumping ahead. Because Go for it. you see her getting into the canoe, but I believe it's from the viewpoint of the severed head. Because it's slightly out oh, of focus. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because it's low, and it's kind of like <laughs> fading in and out of focus. I think it's from the viewpoint of Mrs. Voorhees' severed head. That, you may be right. She, and let me say, so she pushes herself out in a canoe without any paddles. She's not planning on coming back, evidently. She wants to go out to Davy Jones' locker with little uh, Jason Voorhees as well. And take a nap in the middle of Black Lake. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So uh, she's attacked by the, the mutant child out of the water. Jason's still out there. What I read an article, and they said they only added that jump scare because Tom Savini had seen Carrie a few years early. And if you've seen Carrie... Oh yeah. There's that scene where it's just kind of like, oh, everything's cool. Everything's cool. Uh, Amy Irving is visiting the grave of Carrie. It says Carrie White burns in hell. Right. But it's like nice music in the background. And then there's a jump scare. Like the hand, Carrie's hand shoots out of the the grave and grabs Amy Irving. Oh, that was classic. Classic. Spoiler alert. So Tom Savini's like, we should do something like that for this movie. So they just tack on this scene. With the crazy mutant child grabbing the, the woman, basically. There was no thought that this was going to kick off anything. Like I said, this was a cash grab. So when the studio was like, this movie made so much money, we're going to bring it back. Can't have Mrs. Voorhees. She's decapitated. We're going to have Jason 
is now the killer. But Jason as an adult. So Jason as an adult. He's just a feral swamp thing now. He's he's uh, Aquaman. Uh, he just yes. kept aging. Well, he didn't where... age for 30 years, but now all of a sudden he's an adult. Yeah, this is where things go off the rails. The producer, Sean Cunningham, is like, that is absolute nonsense. I'm out. Tom Savini goes, that doesn't make any sense. I'm out. The okay. studio basically okay, had to come up with their own stuff. That's big talk for Salvini because he, he's been in all kinds of nonsense. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a bold talk. I am an artiste. I refuse to participate in it anymore. Well, they, that's what they said. It was basically like this was supposed to be just a throwaway. Because like you said, if – okay. If we take for granted that Jason, the baby child, jumping out of the water was just a hallucination, okay? Right. Then maybe you could say, like, okay, so Jason really was alive in the woods for 20 years. But if he was still alive in the woods for 20 years. No, 30 years. Sorry, 30 years. Why wouldn't he contact his mom? Uh-huh. Why does the mom think he's still dead? That's question number one. Question number two is, uh, you know, if, it, if this is what really happened. That the little baby uh, mutant Jason is swimming around like a tadpole at the bottom of the of Camp Crystal Lake and attacks her. Why does he, you know, Let five years go. later, five years later, which is when the second movie takes place, why is he now a full grown adult? There are no questions that could be answered appropriately in this scenario. That is correct. Now, they brought back Alice to star in, not to star in, I shouldn't say that. She's in the second movie. Is she a featured player? she exactly well she was like at first she didn't want to do it because evidently she got a stalker based upon her role in uh in the first movie so she was like i'm not sure but they're like oh come on you can do it so she showed up to set she didn't realize she actually gets killed in the first scene okay so she's at like traumatized over the what happened at the last time at camp crystal lake and she goes downstairs to get a beer or something, opens up the fridge, and there's the head of Mrs. Voorhees. And then a figure pops up behind her and jams an ice pick in her head. Kills her. Boom. That's the end. And she's the only actor. I thought you were telling me this is what her stalker did. This is what her stalker did. It's very upsetting. I was like, what the hell? No, this was the, this is the opening scene of, of part two that takes place five years later. All right. Um. We, and we may talk about that another day, but maybe, maybe <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scream, scream it to the mountaintops. I am down to talk about any of the Friday the 13th movies at any time. What about Saturday? At any time. What about Saturday the 14th? Sa- I've seen that as well. Unrelated, however, sadly. <laughs> um, so it's they, even though this was meant to be a blatant cash grab, there are a lot of things that they did. That are in my mind iconic. It was uh, that they you, that you whole... can't have this. This opened this this period of all these con- of the slasher movie. You had the Halloween. You had the Friday the Thirteenth. Thir- I can't even speak. You had the Freddy Krueger. This all pop pop popped right around the yep. same time. Early absolutely. 80s. Well, and they also they did that thing where Halloween had the kind of iconic score. Friday the 13th just had the No, no. It had more than that. They lifted Psycho's music and played that through the entire thing. <laughs> they did not do it through the that entire thing. That was freaking Psycho. And at the very beginning, I swear to Jesus, I heard some da-da, da-da. Get, okay. 
Da, da, Were you da. even awake watching this? Dude, this look it upsetting. up. Look it up. Blasphemy. It's the psycho music. Besides the kill her, cha, cha, cha. Uh, it's the it's the music <laughs> cha, 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 cha. Of, of psycho. Okay. Look it up, brother bear. <laughs> Google it. Google it. Um, don't I, don't even argue with me because you're 100 percent wrong. I'm moving on down the road. Uh, the other thing that they did, which is kind of interesting, is that kind of first-person perspective of the killer. Yes. It's like, we don't know who the killer is, so you just see what they're looking at, what they see. You see, like, their hands every now and again. Because, again, it's supposed to be a mystery. By, you know, two movies later, there's no more mystery. There's Jason with a, with a Klieg lamp pointing at him in broad daylight chasing people around. Yeah, what, so this is my problem with these kind of movies is I'm always good with the first one, but once they establish that the creature is immortal and cannot be killed, I lose all interest. Oh, that's a shame. That's a real shame. I shame. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I I dig it. I dig it. I think it's, it's different. This movie's obviously different because Jason, he although he appears in it, uh, appears very, very briefly, and is really not the central point of this. I guess he's he's meant to be the uh, instigating incident, his yes. death. That's um, deep film talk you're using now. That's how I do it. Um, I but have really, some, I have some points and things I would like to share with you. We're, we're we're running a little long, but go ahead and hit your points and things. Don't you censor me, sir? <laughs> I'll just cut all this out. Go ahead. Something that you didn't bring up. Yep. No fake boobies. Everyone I... is natural. And flat chested. Yeah. Well, they're, they're supposed to be camp counselors. They're adult women, and, and this is Hollywood. Everyone is, no one needs any kind of support because they're all wearing these little bralettes like they sell for 12 year olds at Victoria's Secret. Not one <laughs> fake boob. No nudity. There's a little bit. You see, well, you see me. a little something, something. I missed it. What, what did you see? Did in, you see in a the, boob? I, I, saw, I saw at least one nipple. Okay. I sound like Joe Bob Briggs. Yeah, there, during the uh, the scene with uh, Kevin Bacon and Marcy when they're doing it on the uh, on the camp uh, bunk. Okay, good for you. If, but if, uh, good for I me. totally missed. <laughs> Everybody is no, has normal boobs, unlike now, where yep. even though you're ninety pounds, you got a double D. The next thing I noticed uh, is I and I had to Google this. It's the middle of it's summer, and right. everyone is running around like it's fall with jackets and fires. And I assume that everywhere is humid and hot during the summer because you're not in California. Yeah, so could be. I actually had to Google it. So this, I saw a sign that said Hope, New Jersey. Yep. And and it's right on. It gets hot during the day. High average is eighty during the day, and it drops down to like fifty nine at night. Okay. Well, they all had those giant, like, firefighter raincoats. Yes. Just in case. Just so, in case knows? a nor'easter were to blow in in July. <laughs> the other thing is everybody's smoking a lot of reefer, but no yep. one is smoking any cigarettes. Not one person is smoking, like, cigarettes. No, because they care about their health. It's the 70s. <laughs> People should be lighting them end to end because it yep. relaxes you. I mean, they used to say it relaxes the baby. So, okay. <laughs> this is true. This is a fact. As an ex-smoker, I noticed that. Yeah. Because back in the day, everybody smoked. Um, that is true. That's pretty much it. It was important that we discuss boobs. 
cigarettes. And these are all very important points. Yeah. <laughs> this is very and, important and, stuff. And, and then I had one thought about, about Mrs. Voorhees. Yep. Actually, now that I think about it, I have two thoughts. One, okay. if your issue is really they shouldn't reopen the camp, why not? Why did you let this guy build this place for two years? Why did you just kill him? You're 50, you're 50, 70, 80 years old. I don't know. Wouldn't it be easier just to kill the one guy than like 25, 20-something people? Wouldn't that be easier? And. Yep. She clearly has a job. She's well fed. <laughs> She's well fed. <laughs> She's well fed. If there was, if the camp, if they they bulldozed it and salted the earth, would, yep. she, would she still be talking to herself as her son, or would her life have been different? Maybe. Well, they said. What did they say? That obviously there were the murders back in the fifties. Then there were fires. Then the water went bad. That's I'm her. not even sure. Uh, that's her. How did she befoul the well? Is what I want to know. I don't know. Maybe she knocked something loose. <laughs> she took care of business. I assume all that is her. Yeah. She did everything to close the place down, yep. except for killing the people that are trying to fix it and salting the earth so that nothing grows. Yeah. Well, that's just that's what happens when you're a crazy old woman, I guess. That's right. Crone. But clearly, she's not homeless. So she no. must be living somewhere, doing something. She had a job until she quits it every summer to go murder kids. Maybe she was working at the diner. She was slinging hash down Work, at the uh, Greasy Spoon. Working nine to five. What a way to make a living. You do what you got to do when those camps are burning down <laughs> next year, I guess. That's right. It's good stuff. Uh, so I, I got hope you enjoyed else. it. Yeah, I got nothing. I've been I've been barren for a while here. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much for joining us. Uh, next week we will finally get to Jaws. I promise, because there's no special. I, I have lost track of even where we're at anymore. It's it's hopeless and helpless. So thank you for joining us. Go to our page on Facebook at the podcast that wouldn't die. Go to our page on Twitter at t podcast t w die. You can send us an email at, I guess it's not at, it's just the podcast that wouldn't die One at word, Gmail. No spaces, no punctuation. No punctuation of any kind. Uh, I think that's it. So thank you very much. And hey, may the force be with you. Bye. Bye. Bye.